Hello, John. How are you doing? I'm good, Dan. How are you? I am doing just fine. I really liked that screenshot you just sent of your Zoom meeting. Yes, one of one of dozens I do every day now. It seems like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was curious. uh, Everybody, you know, it's nice to see like a like a mosaic of other people's Zoom backgrounds. Yes, you know, people really see. I don't do a lot of Zoom calls. No, but uh, I do one. I do one a week, Mm -hmm. and. and when I'm on the Zoom call, I'm I'm conscious of what's behind me, right? I'm conscious of the framing. Mm-hmm. I'm an artist. Mm-hmm. But you're I know setting, this, you you're know, setting a stage, setting the stage, yeah, the stage for success. That's right. You need a little. You need to, you need a key light. Right. You need something in the background. You need something in the distance. Yes. Uh, but I noticed you had a guy that had some guitars. Yes. And then uh, there was a. Uh, there was a gal that had some like beige paintings, <laughs> and then you have a vaulted ceiling. I didn't know that about your house. Yeah, that's, that's nice in Texas. Yeah, it's just um, that was I was sitting at the island in the kitchen, and that's yeah. uh, and looking into the living room. Yeah, and it seemed like uh, there was one guy that seemed like he had some acoustic tile in the back. Yeah, the like guy a in the upper right. Space. Yeah. Upper right. Yeah. I think that's his house, though. I don't know if he's a musician or, wh- or why he yeah. he has that. I had always uh-huh. assumed he was doing that from his professional office, but it's not. That's from his house. Yeah. I mean, I can I can dig it. Yeah. And then the, the guy in the upper left with the, like, the playful, like, Primary color acoustic tiles. Seems yeah, like he's, he's a, in a playroom. He's a he is a podcaster down in San Antonio. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. Anyway, it was just it was just fun to get a glimpse. Um, four out of the six of you were wearing glasses, which is yeah, interesting. Nothing you can do about that. Yeah. Then, then 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 there was the lady that had the that looked like she was in her living room. There were some plants. There were bookcases. I don't know. I I feel like. Um, there's gonna one day be a study done, mm-hmm. uh, you know, a study of identity, contemporary identity based on Zoom backdrops. That'd be really interesting. What you could learn, like about someone's the psychology of it, of the background. The woman in the bottom left, I think, had the best decor of all. Mm-hmm. It's well, yeah. You see decor, whereas. You know the fellow with the guitars; they're very definitely. Well, he did. He locked. did just buy that house. He just bought that oh, house. Oh, he did. And yeah, he's he's waiting for his stuff. I think even still. So I'll give him a pass this time. Just moving in. Yeah. Yeah. On in my book club where I where I am on my Zoom, one Zoom call a week, um, there are a lot of people, over a hundred people, and I will sometimes go and just cycle through. You know, pull up the individual people. Not when they're talking or anything. I'm just kind of going through like, who are you? I look at their look at them listening, mm-hmm. which is which is one of the interesting kind of options we have in today's world. If you were in a meeting and you just zoomed in on somebody sitting across the table from you, eventually yeah. they'd look up and go, "Why are you looking at me?" Yeah, but you can sit and look at somebody sitting listening in their in their living room now. Mm-hmm. I sometimes spend five minutes watching somebody just sit and listen, trying to figure out what's your jam. What's going on with this, this person, you know, and looking at their, at their house, they're sitting in a room in their house, just trying to imagine like, where are they? What are they all about? Um, and so I have to assume if I'm doing that, that other people are doing it too. And that at any given moment in a zoom call, somebody might have 
you soloed. Somebody might have, you know, my, I have to assume my face soloed and they're just watching me listen. So you can't just sit there, you know, with drool coming out of your mouth. Mm. You have to, you have to listen, listen actively. Yeah. You have to look engaged. Yeah. It's a whole perform. It's in a performance art, really. It's really crazy. I mean, and, and we're only at the beginning. I mean, do you think that your next five years, five year plan? Yeah. You're going to be on Zoom or some equivalent? Yes. Yes. For I the do. next five years? Yes, I absolutely do. If not forever. Yes. And are you going to? Are you gonna have an avatar and wear a head? head John, are you set? on like really bad Wi-Fi? Are you in a different place right now? Because you're breaking up like constantly. Really? Yeah. Are you doing something different than usual? Are you a different location? Are you in a secret, secured bunker or something? Oh, he's just dropped off. He just went away. Hopefully, he comes back. It says John has gone away. I'm gonna leave this in the show. This stays. The kid stays in the picture. Now it says waiting. That's interesting. Now it says connecting. Now you're back. Oh, I'm back. How's it sound now? Better. Whew. Better. Now maybe you can explain the computer to me. Uh, all that all that was was that I had some tabs open. Well, I mean the the porn takes up a lot of bandwidth. Oh, the porn. Yeah. Oh boy. The nonstop it does. porn. It does. Well, now that there's a war in Ukraine, boy, the you know, that they're not talking about in the media. Sure, they cut the Russian banks off from SWIFT, but the porn pipelines are all are all busted. Yeah. <laughs> what are you going to do? <laughs> oh, from Russia and Ukraine? That's where it all comes from. Yeah. So I just got back from New York. Uh, this is the Lucky. second. This is the second time I've been to New York. I went in December, and then now it's March, and I just was there in March. I mean, are you a fan of it? You know, it's funny because I grew up, as you know, I grew up in Philadelphia and there is not a rivalry between Philly and New York that really that I know, except, except maybe baseball teams, but the rivalry is from Boston and New York. Who is yeah. Philly? What's the rivalry with Philly? Who, Met, who do, the Mets, who? the Phillies and the Mets. I mean, the, oh. you know, they don't like each but other. Who so does the city of Philadelphia think of itself as better than? Dallas Cowboys. Oh, the, the Dallas, the Dallas. He, Philadelphia have rivalry. Yeah, the rivalry is with the football teams mainly. And um, oh, yeah. okay, all right. So they anyway, uh, but anyway, I so I had never like I never had a thing about well, Philly's better than New York. New York is better with you know New York is a great it's a great town, and I'd only been there a couple times before you know a handful maybe three or four times, enough to sort of vaguely know you know, the gist of the city and kind of a little bit of what it's about. But these last couple of times that I went, I've gotten a different perspective on New York and I actually really enjoyed it a lot more than I had in past trips. I really, I had a nicer time. I, I don't know if it's, if COVID has changed the pace of the place or not. I can't really say cause I'm, you know, not that familiar with it, but it, I really did. You know, I really thought it was a pretty cool, I really thought it was a pretty cool thing. It was a pretty cool time. And um, one of the things though, that's super frustrating when I was, you know, living in Philly as a kid, 
I didn't take public transportation except to school. And like I had my one route that I would get on and, you know, you ride the buses and stuff like that. And that was, that was fine for me, but I never was like a big public transportation because it wasn't really commuting to work or anything like that. I wasn't going out with friends because I was a kid and my friends lived in the neighborhood. I could walk two blocks and they, they were all the friends. So it was different. And I've never really lived in a city where we really had like a subway system that I would use every day. And I don't know how the New York subway system compares to other subway systems. I've often been told that the tube in London is the best one in the world or whatever. Mm -hmm. And I, I believe that's probably true, but you know, like you'll, you'll meet with people in New York or they want to meet with you or you want to get directions. And, and someone will say something like this. They'll say something like this, John. Oh, you only have to take the red line for two stops. It's easy. Right. Now, that's easy if, first of all, if you know what the red line is, that's easy, right. I guess. Right, right. If, if you then learn that the red line is a subway uh, line and that there are multiple lines, which means I guess that the subways, I get into my Ford F-150 and I drive around the hill country and I look at the trees and the grass and the birds, you know, that's my, that's how I commute places is I'm, I'm driving. I, when it's nice, the windows are down. I'm listening to some music. Um, sometimes I'll stop somewhere because the place looked interesting that I was driving past. And, you know, it, sometimes there's barbecue and you have to stop. Sure. You know, sometimes they're handing out ammo. You just, you know, got to roll down your window and collect it. Right. That's, that's my ammo. And, the idea of taking the red line for two stops, that doesn't, I don't, that doesn't have much meaning to me, but I'm try. I tried to learn. I tried to understand. What does that mean? So there's these different lines. I guess they go take you in different directions or different places. And they all seem to spring outwards of, a, of from one place. And then you pick one up, but it's not clear to me if, if like, is the red line the one that goes north and the blue goes west or is the red line going both north and south? I don't know. And so you go, you go in and to get down into it, you can't learn any. No one understands this. And even the people that live there that are supposed to be giving you instructions on this stuff will, will say, I was told to take the red line, you know, for two stops. And I'm like, yeah, that's all you have to do. It's easy. And I'm like, okay, it's, it's easy for someone who knows what a red line is or where to do that or which direction they're going. But for somebody who doesn't know any of that, it would be like telling somebody who has never driven before, oh, it's easy. Just, you know, just make sure that you, uh, your gas tank is full and, you know, your, your whatever. Like you, there's a whole lot of things you tell somebody about driving in a, in a car, but you take it for granted that they're going to know to stop at a stop sign or that the gas is the pedal on the right. Like these things are, are common knowledge for anyone who's driven before. But if you've never done it, but I don't even know where the entry point to get down into the underground area, into the subway station, if that's what it's called, where you would even get that. I don't even know where you would get that. I don't know if I'm going to the right one. Does, is the red line somehow in all of them? If I just turn down this street and I see the steps down and I go down, is the red line there? Or is it across the street in the other hole that you climb down into? I don't know. I don't know. No one says any of this stuff. So they oh, just take the red lines. Okay. So I go down into the thing. And I'm down in the thing. And you got to pay 
to get into the area where you would get onto the trains, which makes sense. They don't want people just loitering around in there. You can pay with your phone, which is super handy. So I paid. I don't know how much I paid. I don't know. If, did I pay a dollar? Did I pay 20? I don't know. Now I'm down in this thing and I walk up and there is a digital, there's a digital screen, a big screen that's supposed to show you the red line. And so I look at it and the red line is shows where it is. It shows up to where I'm standing and then it shows where the red line would continue. And I actually see these stops, the, the stop that I would need to go. There's two stops away. I see it. I see it. Where are you at this point? Somewhere under in an underground tunnel. No, no, no. But I mean, where in, in Manhattan are you? Financial district. Okay. And so the red line, though, it shows that it stops. And then beyond it, where the red line is supposed to continue. And on my, the, I downloaded an app to try and show me this. It shows it continuing on the app, John. Yeah. But it was grayed out oh. on this sign. So Ouch. I could see the red line, literally a red line, that was ending where I was and beyond it was grayed out. It wow. was grayed out. That, and the other lines were not grayed out. They continued. What did that mean? Did that mean it was stopped? Does it mean it's not running today? Did that mean I was the end point for it? The other tricky thing was, I don't know if where I was going was uptown or downtown. How are you supposed to know that if you just get out of your Uber from the airport and you're at the hotel? I don't know whether I'm up or down. I don't know if I'm north or south. I don't know what any of this means. So how do I redline Tucson? I don't even know. So I took a cab and I paid like 20 bucks. Yeah. Plus whatever yeah. I spent to go down there to look at the stupid sign. And you're also <laughs> cognizant of the fact that you're like, obviously like not from there and trying right. to figure, because none of the people down there, they've all got their urban headphones on. They're not, you know, they, they're looking down or looking at their phones. They're standing by the platform to wait for the train. They're not, you're not going to, first of all, I'm definitely not asking anybody, definitely not asking anybody, anything, even though I know they would help. They looked helpful. Yeah, sure. But I'm still not going to ask them. I mean, overall, I don't know why. I think there's still a myth about New York that everyone's really mean and like it's dangerous. They're thinking of Philadelphia. It's not like that in New York. <laughs> yeah. Everyone that I ran into in New York, everywhere that I went, and I mean, I, I went to the I went to the West Village, or I went to Brooklyn. I you know I did some sightseeing, and every single person I interacted with on the street, in the stores, in the place, super nice people. Yes. Uh, wonderful people of New York. I, I thought it was just, it was great. I felt very welcomed, but I'm still not asking somebody like how to use a subway. <laughs> just the same way that I would stubbornly not ask for where the certain size screw I'm looking for is in Home Depot. I'm going to find it myself. Definitely not asking for directions in a subway station. I'm not doing that. Yes, I understand that completely. But of course, anyone you asked, there's a good chance they would have helped. I know 100% certainty that they would have said, oh, this is easy. You, there's a train. It's going to come here. It's going to have a red sign on it. It's going to have a two on the side. You want to go uptown. I'm making that up. I don't know if that's right. You want to go on the uptown direction, and there's going to be a display inside of it that's going to show you the stop that it's coming to. You want to get off when it says this, and then go up the thing. Like mm -hmm. They would have totally done that. And I know that if I, in the same way that if somebody asked me for directions, I love to give people directions. I'll even give them one of my secret shortcuts. Yeah, secret shortcut. 
And I know they would have done it, but I was not going to do that. I was not going to do that. I instead paid the price. Well, you're not alone. A lot of people in New York take taxis from place to place because mm-hmm. they don't want to deal with the subway or because they because it's part of the culture there. People will take a taxi. I love taking the subway. I don't, I hardly ever take a taxi and I've only ever taken a bus in New York once or twice. I think the people that ride the bus in New York are on a different, it's like one of those um, two sit, two simultaneous cities occupying the same space. Mm-hmm. It's sort of like, there are people, there are buses all over, people on those buses. Mm-hmm. But I don't know, I, there, there's never been anywhere in New York I wanted to go that the subway didn't go, at least close to it. Right. So, and like I if I John, if I had had time to like explore, I had it's not like I was afraid to do it wrong. I was mm. afraid to be significantly late for an important meeting. Right. And, oh, and that's that. that's the problem. It's not like, well, Dan, you should have just explored. I didn't have time to explore. Every single literally every single minute of my day was was predetermined and scripted and I was just moving through this schedule that had been made for me. So like it says, well, you have to be there at 11. Like I'm going to be there at 11. Yeah. I guess I'm not taking the subway because I don't have time to go to the wrong station, realize I've done it wrong. And like, there's no fear about that. It's the same thing as like when I'm driving around, I'll try an alternate route. And if I go down it and it's wrong, like, okay, fine. I'll, you know, go back the other way. But I had like, I had to schedule. So I didn't get the opportunity to do that. And I feel like when you ask, like you ask the person at the hotel, I'm always shocked. And this happens every single time. If you just ask, like, you, you know, like the the old adage, John, that you even said is like, when you're somewhere, you talk to the locals and ask them where they go, ask them what they eat, ask them what, you know, like, what's the good restaurant? That, what, don't send me to the tourist trap. Where do you go when you want a really good hoagie or something? You know, like, mm-hmm. that's what you want to ask people. But I've found that now when I, especially in a big city, when I ask, well, I don't live in this area. I just, this is just my job. Like, oh, I don't, I, I don't live Isn't here. Isn't that the, the worst? Yeah. You know, I, you know, like I found this in San Francisco all the time when I would be down on like second and I'd say, oh, where's a good place? Well, I don't, I don't live out here. I'm, you know, I live in Oakland. <laughs> and so like I asked this one person in, in this place where I was, I was buying a, you know, whenever I go to the hotel, I buy one of those big jugs of water. Like around, there's always like a little, you know, mom and pop little convenience store a block within a block or two of the hotel. And you buy, I buy a big thing of water and I fill up a container. You know, I can drink my protein shakes in the morning, everything, all that stuff. So, you know, you know. Right. 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 And so I'm like, you know, where's a good place I grab a bite to eat? Oh, I don't, I don't live around here. Like, right. But you work in here. Yeah. You got to eat here. Right. Like somehow you're getting food. Where does that come from? Oh, I bring it from home. <laughs> <laughs> well, Dan, first, I'm not, this is not, I'm not correcting you. I'm just saying this for the, for some of our listeners who feel very strongly about these things. The red line is the train in Boston, or it's one of the trains in Boston. Mm -hmm. If someone in New York told you to go uh, two stops on the red line, Mm -hmm. they were using uh, non-canonical terminology. Mm -hmm. The, the, the the subway in New York that is red, mm-hmm. it, that where you were mm-hmm. is the one two three. Yeah, then they said the two. The two, the two is the one I was supposed to go See, on. See, now that's someone in New York would say take the two. 
the red line was <clears throat> it's it's obvious why you would why you would call it that but you know subways have these this terminology the red line if you say it it's a it's a boston thing the 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 line that you were on the one two three that goes up the west side it goes through greenwich village mm-hmm. that's where goes, i was headed actually yeah there it is that would have been your train that's the and then it why goes was it grayed all, out john well that new york in new york this is true of london too <clears throat> they got to keep that subway running, even though it's super old and super janky. And they just, they turn parts on and they turn parts off because they got a bunch of guys down there and hard hats, um, you know, doing God only knows what they're always working on it. There's never a moment of the day where somewhere in New York, there isn't work happening on a train on the tracks. So I'm to assume then that like a local would have looked at that and said, Oh, there's some work being done. Instead, I'm going to take the two one stop. Then I'm going to get off and I'm going to get on the seven and go this way. But then I got to walk three blocks or so, like they would know th- somehow they would know that. Right? You'd work it out. Yeah, you'd work it out. Like and if I thing- was if I was driving down 360 and there was construction, I said, OK, I got to cut over to Spicewood Springs. I'll take that up and I'll jump on, you know what? I'll jump on 183 that way. Yes, right. It's that. But like they know that because they've done it. Yes. Yeah. It is, there are certain parts of New York where the subway is made to be an effective experience for tourists. Like, you know, I just said that there are these two New Yorks, the people that are on the bus are in a different, completely different New York. You hit on the number one, the number one different New Yorks, which is if you're in New York and you have somewhere to be at a certain time. Mm Mm-hmm. You are in a completely different New York than if you were in New York and you don't have anywhere to be. Mm. If you're in New York and you don't have anywhere to be, it's absolutely the greatest city in the world. <laughs> you're like, oh my God, look, everywhere I look, there's something, ha-, you know, and you just walk for hours looking in the places and you see everything, everywhere you look, it's, it's just like sparkling crazy even the dirt even the rats you're like wow look at those new york rats that's amazing wow how did i get here i'm in with the west village i didn't even know you know you have you're just new york is wonderful if you have to be somewhere at 11 i don't care if it's i don't care if it's seven in the morning if you have to be somewhere at 11 you're in a different new york Mm -hmm. and it's and it can super duper suck because because anywhere you go, you look around, there are a bunch of people that have to be somewhere. And they are frazzled and they're fighting their way through all these other people that have somewhere to be. They're all like running late. And then they see the subway is grayed out and they're like, what the, you know, the, yeah. and then they're, then they're pissed. And so when I'm in New York, I try really hard to not have anywhere to be. And when I do have somewhere to be, it's stressful. And I know it's time to leave New York when I feel myself getting into a a situation where I might actually have to be somewhere at a certain time. Like whenever I whenever I think about moving there, I just remember this experience I've had a thousand times, which is like, I love New York. Oh, but I got to be somewhere. And then the whole city turns a different color and you're like, Oh no, this is awful. 
Like the rare times when you're bopping around and you happen to be out in the city at 5.30 p.m. Mm-hmm. You know, because I'm used to being, you know, it's 11 o'clock at night and I'm wandering around or it's some, you know, you get in the, get in the city and you're like, I don't know where I am or what time it is. But if you, if you, if you're like, oh, I should take a train to meet my friend and it happens to be 6 p.m. And you go down into these subway stations that you think, you know, I know this subway station. I've been in a thousand times, but it's 6 p.m. Oh, you didn't know that subway station. You didn't know that subway right. at all. Yes. You don't know anything about this. <laughs> right. Because at 6 p.m., it's a completely different universe. Mm-hmm. And it's a hateful, terrifying, <laughs> claustrophobic, yeah. angry place. Yeah. But it's only like that for the, you know, in these certain, certain hours, right? These certain yeah. chunks of time. And a, I think a lot of the people in New York City who live in, in that cycle, that's the only time they're in that subway. Right. So they hate the, they hate it. It's, a, it's miserable, or at, least that, or at least they're acclimated to it. But that's not, you know, when I talk about New York and how much I love it, that's not my New York. Mm-hmm. My New York is like the boob from out west who's, who doesn't know whether it's day or night. Right. And it's like, wow, I got on this train. I just rode it to ah, the Bronx, you know, and that's not what it's like. I don't think to live there and work there. No, I, I mean, you're absolutely right. And it's, um, it's confusing because there isn't, you know, like I remember living, for example, I remember living in Orlando and there was a road back then called the East West Expressway that went neither East nor West. <laughs> and so I developed as a result of that kind of a deep seated suspicion of everything that related to like naming of things and direction of things and whatever. Like I just, it didn't, it never sat right with me that you would have something so erroneously named and yet people just agreed to it. And so I think there's always a little suspicion that like, well, the sign probably doesn't, like it doesn't mean anything. Right. It doesn't really mean like it might tell you it's going to get you there, but it it really doesn't. And then the other thing is the kind of like incompetence. I hate to say this because I know that there are a lot of really great cabbies out there and a lot of really professional Uber drivers out there. In fact, I know a couple here in Austin who are like, they're really good and they know where to go. But the other thing is this, it gets nerve. It makes me nervous when you see the Uber driver or whoever asking you how to get there. Oh yeah. And like, hang on, you're picking me up from a hotel. I'm in the hotel. I'm walking out of the hotel. You can't assume that I'm not a New York native just because I walk out of a hotel. I get that. Could be visiting a friend, family member, whatever. But wouldn't you think there's a good chance that if you're walking out of a hotel that you you don't live there. There's a chance of that, right? There's a good chance of that. There's a yeah. decent chance. You have to at least anticipate, I understand there this person may not live here. Why are you asking me how to get where you're gonna go? So like there was another there was another person one of these cab persons, and I gave him I t- I said, here's here's the address that I'm going to. And I told him the name of the place and what it was. And he found a different road that didn't even have the same number on it. 
and drove it and pulled over at the end. He's like, well, we're at the end of this road now. So, whoa. I'm like, well, what's the address? He's like, well, it's like 18, whatever. I'm like, I'm going to 457 on. (laughs) Well, this is the end of the road. So I'm like, well, New New York roads are pretty cut and dried. Yeah. And I, and I said 457, whatever the name He's like, well, this only goes up to 18 or whatever. I'm like, okay, is it Avenue or street? And he's like, oh, you said street I'm, or whatever oh. it was. Like it was the other one. I'm like, like I want him to know. And then, and then I had an Uber guy just abandon the, uh, the pickup. I was out there. I was waiting for it and I could see him looping around. He looped three times around the block without turning. And then it said, you know, has canceled the ride. I'm like, what did, so I text him. I'm like, what did you do that for? And he didn't answer me back. So I had, oh, then I had to get another Uber and then I was late. So I don't know. I, I feel like, I feel like it's, um, it's confusing and it doesn't need to be that confusing. Well, New York is confusing for a lot of reasons. Um, and they tried to make it not confusing by making the streets a perfect grid. Although they're a perfect grid aligned with the shape of the island. Yes not aligned with the compass, which makes sense. Although there are some streets, I mean, Greenwich Village is just, that's just aligned according to where the goats walked back in 1700. But there are a lot of people there, Dan, and they tried to make the city as idiot-proof as possible. There are no alleys in New York. There are uh, not that many avenues. Mm Mm-hmm. The blocks are all even, even, even. And you can look, if you go one block in any direction, you can tell whether you're going up or down because right. the number of the street will go up or down. Mm-hmm. The Bronx is up and the battery's down. Mm-hmm. Just hum that to yourself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now, I will say that walking, like you're saying, like you're describing, that's very easy to do in New York yeah, City. It's very so easy wonderful. to know. And, and I have always had in a city, I've always had a very good sense of where I am and where I need to be going walking. It's a very different thing when you're driving or when, especially when you're like a passenger in the car or whatever. But as far as like walking, then I feel really good. And, and that's, it's funny to me because whenever I'm with other people in a the city, they're always getting turned around. I'm like, why can I do this? This seems like it'd be harder, but the walking part is great. You know, I found a good breakfast place that was maybe a 10 minute walk from the hotel. And was that, it papaya, papaya dog? No. Okay. Good. Um, that would be a bad choice. No, but it was re- like my favorite part of being there was waking up in the morning and going on like a nice 10 minute walk in the cold yeah. going to, and knowing where I was going. I just looked at it and I said, oh yeah, okay. I know, I know about where that is. And I would just start walking. I didn't oh, need so to good. look at the phone and need to look at the map. Didn't it? And I'm like, this is, this is why people like New York. Yeah. Up to over two. Yeah. Because they can just find what they want. Everything, especially if you're in like a good neighborhood where there's a lot of places to go shopping, food, things like that. You can just pick a direction and walk. And I could imagine, you know, you, you get to know the places that you go and the people that run them and you run into people along the way because it's your neighborhood like that's something you can only get in one of those really fun walkable cities like that yeah and i really enjoyed that part of it 
Yeah, I mean, the only drag is that every once in a while, somebody, right right when you relax and just think, like, everything in life is smooth sailing, mm. some rando is going to walk up to you while you're waiting for the light to change and just scream in your face. I don't, I don't like that. That happens at least once to everybody in New York, and it, but all it has to do is happen once, and then you're like, ah, it could happen again. And sometimes it, you know, it does happen again. Mm-hmm. That's the one downside I think of living well in any city. The only way to avoid it is to live in the forest. But New York, in particular, <laughs> there's always going to be somebody that's going to scream at you at some at some point. And sometimes they may they may have a point, and a lot of times they don't. But I miss it. I haven't been there in over two years, and I get a lot of energy from visiting New York. It makes me feel like. Uh, a citizen of the world. It, it clicks clicks me in, and I can go a long time without visiting other places. Mm-hmm. Like, I love Atlanta, but I can go a few years without visiting Atlanta and not feel that I've, that I'm not in the loop. Mm-hmm. But I haven't been to New York since the, since the pandemic, and, um, I was talking about it with somebody last night. I just feel that I, uh, and it's not about the loop, like <clears throat> the social loop really even. It's something energetic about walking the streets and being in the, being in the power plant almost. Mm. And I, I definitely have a fantasy at some point in my life I mean, I've always wanted to move there. New York? Never. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, and I lived there for for half a year. Um, or a third of a year. And loved it. Mm-hmm. And, of course, my job used to take me there many, many times every year. Mm-hmm. And I felt, and I had good friends there, and I felt very comfortable just sort of being a uh, regular there. But uh, I, my fantasy, I guess, has morphed over time, right? I, 20 years ago, I, I wanted to live there in an apartment. And then in the intervening years, I've tried to think about how, you know, how would I, how do you get established in New York? And I guess, is it worth it? Is it worth it to get established in New York? Or can I get everything I need by visiting there five times a year? Ah, yes. And if I got established there, would I suddenly, would the, would I not like it anymore? Because Mm. now I'm living there. So I have places to be. I have to, you know, like there's a roach in the sink. What do I do? Call the roach guy? No. You know, call my super? He's going to come up in a, in a, uh, in a sleeveless T-shirt with a with a ring of keys and tell me that God did God made the rat. I mean, what's going to happen? But God, now God made the rat. God made the rat. Yeah. Not, yeah, he didn't make the rat. Now I think, oh, is there a time when my kid is grown and off on her own that I don't need to live in a house and I can, you know, buy some one bedroom apartment somewhere and just move to New York and, 
you know, at, at which point I'll be a man in his 60s, a young guy still in a lot of ways, and uh, and just like making the scene, you know, maybe still podcasting from my from my New York apartment. Yeah, why not? And uh, and just rolling around the city and 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 having that having that energy to power me. Um, I do think that I do think of that. It, it would be so much. I think at at sixty five years old, I would be so much more inclined to live in a one bedroom apartment in New York than I would to live in, uh, you know, in sort of retirement somewhere in in a warm climate or, you know, that I don't imagine myself doing that, uh, retiring to Costa Rica. I see myself like if retiring is, as a thing that's possible to, to have it be in New York or Amsterdam or Berlin or something, you know, mm -hmm. in a city, a city, Dan. a city. Why would you want to retire? Most people would say that they would like where they would prefer to retire to the countryside, to a place that is, more relaxed and you know the, most people would say well, the city is the last place that i want to retire i want to retire to somewhere where i get a you know a nice view and a yeah but i don't want to relax relaxing times i never i don't understand how to relax i wouldn't enjoy relaxing and it's not that i'm a it's not that i'm a stress monster although maybe i am i don't know i've maybe always thought are. of myself as so chill but maybe i'm not chill that's the problem. If you look around the room and you don't see any, you don't see the unchill person, maybe it's you. <laughs> I'm not sure. You know, Dan, I always thought that I, and I, I think the only reason this, this got in my head was that I've heard other people say, I'm totally like not a care in the world. And as, and then you know the person and you're like, what? No, you're not. The people, you're, people who say that they're easygoing, are not easygoing. Just fact. Fact. Right. If you're and like, I, well, I'm really easygoing. No, you're not. You're not. That, if you, and if you're, if you're sitting there listening to this right now, if you're sitting there listening to this, <laughs> and you're like, I'm one of those easygoing people. I'm like easygoing. You're not. Wow. You're tough not. Tough talk, Dan. You're, that's tough talk. I'm telling everybody that I know that's ever told me that, I, that they were easygoing or they just go with the flow. Like, you don't, though. Like, you don't. Well, is that me? I mean, I, I no. You I, are. You are. You are. Well, what's interesting about you is if someone were just just meet you, they don't know your body of work, hmm. they don't know anything about you. They've never listened to your shows. You're gonna seem. I'm sorry, we've made this comparison before. You're gonna seem a lot like the dude. Oh, the dude. The dude. You're gonna seem like the dude. Now, I know you hmm. from listening to you all these years. And I can say that that in your heart, you're a, you you are an easygoing person, but it manifests. There are different things, like for example, your skin wants to eat itself, right? You know that makes you not easygoing. You would seem like the kind of guy who could take a little, they take your t-shirt, bunch it up into a little ball, put it under your head, and sleep for twelve hours. But that's not it at all. You resist sleep. You, mm. you know, you, you do everything. To, 
people would think that you could just why well, eat anything i eat whatever i want but you don't you are very picky when it comes to food and textures and tastes and you can't have potatoes and like so like all of the things that would define an easygoing person to me is where do you want to go to lunch anywhere you want what do you want to eat when we get there i order something for me oh you know what um our flight we missed our flight Bleh, no big deal what do you want to do you know but that's easy going to me. I don't know anyone like that. I don't know anyone like that. And I don't suppose, you know, I, 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 but here's the thing that I think sets you apart is that you are adaptable to almost any situation. And that is what gives you the give would give people the perception that you're easygoing when in fact, internally there is a struggle. Yes. I am adaptable and internally there is a struggle. And the struggle right now, lately, has been trying to figure out, well, it's, what am I talking about? It's the same struggle as always. Trying to figure, trying to figure out. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what it is. Trying to figure out is the, is the, is the mode. Right. <clears throat> right? Like if you put, if you put a little cake in front of me, I would try and figure it out. If you put a lit, stick of dynamite in front of me, I would try and figure it out. <clears throat> and I'm all I'm ever doing is trying to figure it out. Right. And that's true of every thought about myself too. But I, but I, I don't think that I will ever retire because I don't know what I would retire from. And also I don't have a 401k. Like I'm going to have to keep hustling. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm not, I'm not set to inherit a big, uh, anything. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and also, you know, there's no, like at 65, I'm going to look at my bank account and it's going to be like, Hey there. <laughs> hey, Hey friend. Yes. You have a checking account. So, and also Dan, you know, sad to say, I don't have an art collection. I did not at, at, at any point buy a Basquiat. No. And uh, so there's no thing looking around here, all the things that I like to collect. It's like, oh, he's got a collection of mugs that have CB slogans on them from the 70s. <laughs> no, that's not going to, I'm not going to retire on that. No. And so, unlikely. so, you know, being in a place like New York feels like a place that I could keep finding ways to stay afloat. Mm -hmm. Right, because there's mm -hmm. stuff going on. Bup -ba -ba Beep -ba -ba mm -hmm. and um, retiring to somewhere. I mean, there because there's that version of it. I, I've started looking at it online because online has decided it's like it's like you hit a certain age and the AARP envelopes start showing up in your mailbox. Right. <laughs> I think these days it's like forty. Right, uh -huh. you're yeah. forty I've years old. And, one. Yeah, one. you start getting AARP like, "Hey, ready to retire? Join the billion people that belong to our organization." It's a terrible organization. Don't join the AARP. Mm -mm. But uh, but the internet, of course, the targeted advertising is like, "Are you ready to retire?" And then it shows a picture of like a really handsome, gray bearded guy who's looking kind of thoughtful, but also confident off into the distance. It's uh -huh. the same, the same it's one people. Guy. It's one guy. It's the same, same guy that's in all those very expensive watch ads. <laughs> like, Oh, you know, nobody ever owns a Patak Philippe. And you're like, who is this guy? Mm -hmm. 
So, of course, because I'm always trying to figure it out, I click through a few of those, and there are all these things like, well, you know, if you're going to retire at this age, you need this much money when you're this age. And looking at those things, it's always like, not ready, not ready. Mm-hmm. And I go, oh, damn it. But then a lot of them are, you know, they, they pitch you in that direction where it's like 10 cities where it's cheapest for American retirees to live like kings. Mm. And it's always like Panama City where it's 180% humidity, but it's a great town and very cheap. <laughs> and I think about yeah. like, am I going to be the tailor of Panama? Like, mm-hmm. am I going to go down to Panama and walk around in a white linen suit? No, I don't want to do that. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe if it comes to it, but, uh, but no, I got to keep, I got to keep my, some skin in the game. You know, I had this, this, I went to a hockey game yesterday because mm-hmm. I got a friend that has season hockey tickets and that's cool. Was this yeah. the first game you'd been to like pandemic post pandemic or no. So, so this friend got these, uh, season tickets, but he doesn't have, um, he's, he routinely gets, uh, is in a situation where the people that he bought the tickets with can't go to the game. So at the last minute, he's got two extra tickets to the, the Kraken mm. Seattle's new NHL team. Cool. And so I actually went to opening day, the first Kraken game, and the Kraken lost. Aww. And then I went to another Kraken game, and they also lost. And then last night, I uh, I invited Ken Jennings, and we went with my my friend um, to a Kraken game, and we won. We won the Kraken game. Which was exciting. Maybe you Ken know, like, is the magic sauce that makes it, it be. winnable. It was his first NHL game. Mm. But you know, I grew up in Alaska, hockey, right? We I know I know how to watch a hockey game. But the Kraken are trying really hard to like be Seattle. Mm. And that involves uh like a very weird ritual where every time we score a goal, they play a Nirvana tune, which the first time I heard it, I was like are you guys aware that this is not like, I don't, I'm not going to speak for the ghost of Kurt Cobain, but I don't think he intended his music to be used as sports music and not for hockey, especially. But then I realized, Oh, Courtney love controls the, the publishing of Nirvana songs now. Oh, right. So Courtney's just doing what Courtney does. Mm hmm. But the crowd actually chants, let's go Kraken. To how, how, do they chant, how do they chant it? It's, um, it's almost too bizarre to, it's too bizarre to, to, to even, So the song that they play is it like "Let's Go Kraken"? E- yes, dun, 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 dun. but like that. <laughs> Did I get it? Did I nail it? Um, yes, except they're play. Except it's to the song "Lithium." 
How does that work? So, so they loop it. You know, lithium, he goes, I like it. I'm not gonna crack. Mm-hmm. I miss you. I'm not gonna crack. But they just loop the I like it part. <laughs> and so you hear Kurt go, I like it. And then the whole crowd goes, let's go cracking. And then he goes, I like it. Let's go cracking. Every time mm. they score a goal. But like the band, like the full rock sound of lithium mm. is cranking. It's very air guitarable. And it, I mean, if it, it fries out something in my brain. I can't, there are so many things that I thought I would see before I saw lithium used as a hockey anthem. (laughs) But But the thing that happened last night was the people that are, the people that are running the league are trying really hard to make it Seattle E. Mm. But there are a lot of different Seattles and you know ho- hockey's kind of a dirtbag sport. Mm, very. And there's uh there there are a lot that. Of, I think I think it's safe to say you mean that in the best possible way. Best possible way, but yeah. like let's be honest, right? Yeah, I know. Um and so there's a it's very easy to pander to dirtbags. Mhm. You just give them you know, rah, you give them you give them some uh logos. <laughs> and uh, a mascot, and you give them some chants and some uh, and a t-shirt can, and you give them free t-shirts. Hell, you know, there's nothing uh, a dirtbag audience wouldn't do for a free nine dollar t-shirt. <laughs> right? Not wrong. <laughs> they they climb over each other, uh, trample each other for a nine dollar t-shirt that has a sports logo on oh, it. Oh yeah. But the league, somebody at the league is also trying to like. You know, uh, I don't know exactly what they're trying to do, but last night, the the evening began with a a Ukrainian opera singer who's stranded in Seattle, sang the Ukrainian national anthem, which felt like okay, we're doing this now, and I support it. I'd never heard the Ukrainian national anthem, especially not sung with a, as much emotion as. This man brought, but then, <laughs> um, and the crowd is in it, you know, um, they're, uh, they're like, I mean, I guess this is what's happening in America today. We are, we're all Ukrainians now. Um, but then the, the American national anthem outsteps a guy I know. Uh, Tomo Nakayama, who is a local oh yeah singer songwriter. Yeah, we know each other so well, and um, <laughs> he and I have been in the Seattle scene together for many years, and it's been it's a kind of a fraught relationship because Tomo is a great singer, a great songwriter, and a hardworking musician, like he. He plays shows all the time. He's extremely professional. Mm -hmm. He's very good at what he does. Mm -hmm. 
And during the whole period of Tomo's career in Seattle, I have been a musician in Seattle mm -hmm. who shows up unprepared and unshaven. Mm -hmm. And I walk out and I go, hey, and I give the audience the finger and I play four songs and spend a half hour talking about you know, my experience that day trying to get a coffee. And then the fifth song, I forget the lyrics and I stop in the middle and I ask the audience if anybody remembers the lyrics. And I think we've never actually, <coughs> excuse me, we've never actually had a conversation about it because he and I are, uh, you know, we've never been, he, we've never sat across the table from one another at a dinner. We're always in the, in the backstage of a place at a, at a group show, a benefit show, you know, we're in the same circle and I, and I admire him. I watch him, I watch him perform and I go, wow, you know, he's got so much going, right? He's just like, he's, a, he's a triple threat. But the problem is that I, by virtue of, of these attributes am more often than not the headliner of the show. And if you believe that being a performer is a thing where if you work hard and are really good, you earn success. Mm -hmm. I can imagine how it would be very frustrating for someone like Tomo to constantly be in a situation where somebody like me who is my uh, whole performance style is how did I get here? You know, like, like, and then I woke up and I was on a stool in front of this audience. Well, I'm only half drunk. Um, I could see where he would <laughs> over time build up a little bit of a resentment or a little bit of a feeling of like WTF. Mm -hmm. Right. And I've sensed it long enough because he's very polite. He's not, he's never, you know, but I've just, I've, I've never even actually seen him do a, like a gesture of, of like, what the, you know, I've never even seen, I just, it's just a feeling I get when I look to the West <laughs> that, okay, that, Robert, that Tomo of all the people would just have just cause to feel like why am I opening for this guy again? When, you know, when do I get my shot? Well, Tomo is singing the national anthem at the hockey game, which is like great. I've never sung a national anthem at a sports event, although I've, you know, I'm available. And I have to say, he's a great indie rock singer. The national anthem probably wasn't his, that's not the tune I would have picked for him. But then after the second period, there's actually a live rock band playing at the hockey game and it's deep sea diver who is an indie rock band from Seattle. Absolutely part of my music scene, right? And an mm -hmm. indie rock band where they're, they're epic. She's a wonderful guitarist and a great singer, but they're indie rock, right? Like no one ever takes a solo. If there is a solo section, everybody in the band is just going, <laughs> 
you know, there's no, it's indie, it's indie rock, right? It's not rock. And John, I must, I must go into the next meeting. So say one of your super profound episode ending lines so that we can end get, I mean, get there, you know, but I'm, 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 I'm three minutes late. Okay. And, and I realized, I mean, the drag was that I'm canceled now. Yes, yes. And I could be, I, you know, now we have a hockey team where they're actually hiring local ding-dongs to right. sing the national anthem and play the second period break. <laughs> and I'm, I, I would, if, if it had not been for being dad, I would already have done it or would be on a very short list of people that was booked for one or both of those jobs. Mm-hmm. And I'm out, Dan. I'm out. Yeah, I know. I'm going to have to move to New York. 